this off misunderstood, this off misinterpreted concept so readily dismissed by the Nietzsche's of the world as a weak and cowardly, has now become an absolute necessity for the survival of man. When I speak of love, I'm not speaking of some sentimental and weak response. I'm not speaking of that force which is just emotional bosh. I'm speaking of that force which all of the great religions have seen as the supreme unifying principle of life. Love is somehow the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. This Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist belief about ultimate, ultimate reality is beautifully summed up in the first epistle of St. John. Let us love one another. Yes. Love is God. Yes. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Yes. We love one another. God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Let us hope that this spirit will become the order of the day. We can no longer afford to worship the God of hate. Bow before the altar of retaliation. The oceans of history are made turbulent by the ever-rising tides of hate. History is cluttered with the records of nations and individuals that pursue this self-defeating path of hate. As Arnold Tornby says, love is the ultimate force that makes for the saving choice of life and good against the damning choice of death and evil. Therefore, the first hope in our inventory must be the hope that love is going to have the last word, unquote. We are now faced with the fact, my friends, that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now in this unfolding conundrum of life and history. That is such a thing as being too late. Procrastination is still the thief of time. Life often leaves us standing bare, naked, and dejected with a lost opportunity. The tide in the affairs of men does not remain at flood, it ebbs. We may cry desperately for time to pause in her passage, but time is adamant to every plea and rushes on over the bleached bones and jumbled residues of numerous civilizations, written the pathetic words too late, that is an invisible book of life that faithfully records our vigilance or our neglect. Omar Khayyam's right to move and finger rights and having written moves on. We still have a choice today, nonviolent coexistence, a violent co-annihilation. We must move past indecision to action. We must find new ways to speak for peace in Vietnam and justice throughout the developing world, a world that borders on our doors. We do not act. We shall surely be dragged down the long, dark, and shameful corridors of time, reserved for those who possess power without compassion, might without morality, and strength without sight. Now let us begin. Now let us rededicate ourselves to the long and bitter but beautiful struggle.
Hey guys, this is Chuma, and you are listening to The Silent Doc. So we have a super jam-packed episode. Uh, we already got it off strong with essentially Martin Luther King Jr. and his Vietnam speech, which I hope you enjoyed the tail end of. Um, you know, we actually have three stories today, and then some footage, or I guess some sounds, uh, from January 6th. So let's just get right into it. Um, the first one is actually not from me. Uh, this is from Dr. Ndidi Unaka. Uh, she, I found this story actually on Twitter. Um, and so I just loved it so much that I just really wanted to share it with you guys. Um, please follow her at Ndidi Unaka um, on Twitter. And the second story is from yours truly entitled uh, 2020, A Word. Uh, then we jump to sounds from January 6th and finish with the future. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you are excited about a new episode and you haven't left a review, like, what are you doing? Like right now, stop. Yep. Stop. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave a review. It really, really helps people just hear about the podcast. Okay. Let's get started.
365 days ago, we were on the outside looking in. We gazed through the proverbial window as we anticipated what 2020 would bring. We looked forward to quality time with family and friends. We made travel plans. We thought about how to celebrate the important milestones of our lives. We told ourselves we would do better, be better, and push onward. We were thrust into 2020 with little preparation for what was to come. The world first learned about the existence of what we had come to know as COVID-19 exactly one year ago today. The impact and devastation caused by the virus is truly indescribable. We became isolated and loneliness seemed like it would envelop us. Many have gone months without experiencing the tactile expressions of affection from a kiss on the cheek or a warm embrace. Seats at dinner tables once occupied by fathers, mothers, siblings, and spouses are now empty. People died alone and those left behind deal with an unimaginable grief. Hope and resolve were replaced by fear, stress, and exhaustion. Jobs were lost, money evaporated, and food became scarce. Misinformation and disinformation became the name of the game. Champions of evidence-based recommendations to minimize COVID-19 community spread were maligned. Common sense strategies like wearing masks were politicized. Science and faith were portrayed as mutually exclusive. With the global pandemic in the backdrop, our country was forced to face its racist history following the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And not surprisingly, the mechanisms of racism and inequitable systems are further exposed by the strikingly disproportionate COVID-19 death rates in marginalized communities of color. My elation from the availability and distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine and for being so privileged to receive the vaccine today has been muted by medicine's inability to show that it is worthy of the black community's trust. Yet, we marvel at sacrifices made by essential workers, teachers, first responders, and healthcare workers. We cried together. We showed up for one another. And for those who counted on us the most. We forged connections with people in creative ways. We found our voice and we became anchored by our calling. As we walk away from 2020 and gaze into the window of 2021, may we look forward to better days. Most importantly, may we never forget what we've learned, been through, walked through, and fought through. Fresh wounds eventually become the scars that shape us. Happy New Year. a word. I've been trying to put 2020 into a perfectly wrapped bow, trying to describe it in one word. A year that seemingly spanned a decade and one which we prayed to see the end of. A year so many firsts and a year so many never saw the last of. 
a year where we watched athletes thrust themselves into a bubble for 96 days straight, having little to no access to their families, all for our entertainment, and we hailed it a wild success. All the while, we were reminded of our dark past, as extrajudicial killings reminded us that justice is still an ideal, and we are not yet who we hope to become. So what word can encapsulate such a year? A year that promised prosperity and gave us desolation. A year that we rang in publicly and closed out in the privacy of our own homes. Grief. Well, I see grief as something temporary. Yet, there was definitely a time I thought 2020 would either drag on for eternity or be the end of my story. Pain, not quite. See, pain is visceral. It's undoubtedly real. 2020 at times was an out-of-body experience, one not governed by the standard laws that keep our fragile reality churning. The stock market is crashing? There's no bottled water at Publix? Every Kroger is out of paper towels? People are suffocating behind cloth masks? Pain, not quite. Despair, a chill, a coldness. Despair, an amorphous darkness. Do not give yourself over to despair. Something wishing to envelop us. I was under the impression that I understood the meaning of despair prior to 2020. But looking back on the last 365 days, I am realizing how much I've learned about it. Anyone who has seen death, brushed up against it, understands. The moment you see the hope of life leave someone's utterly lifeless body, the subsequent profound silence, or rather absence, that lays over you like a fog, its empty touch that tries to enshroud you, Ones more powerful than me learn to ignore the subtle absence, or fog. They talk over it, walk past it, toil in spite of it, until we tell ourselves it's gone, or better yet, never was. 2020 was the year many received unexpected touches of despair. It may have been a friend, or a friend of a friend. It may have been through the screen of a phone, behind a clear door, or squeezing a lifeless hand that reciprocates nothing. For a moment you felt that feeling, attempt to take over you and envelop you. And as we struggled to mourn the ones we knew and lost, we struggled even further in mourning the ones we never knew. A year where the good died young and the old died early. Rest in power, Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and so many, many more. If even one loss hurt, how do we then comprehend the death of over 300,000 individuals? Despair. And while so many will never see 2021, it does not have to do very much to impress us. It does not have to break records, have firsts, or 
even be earth-shattering. It just has to be better than 2020. And if that's not a low bar, I don't know what is. So, to 2020, I could not be happier to shut the door on your cold, dark face. We're done. And to 2021, I say, try not to mess this up. Flashed his handgun at a group of journalists. USA! 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 
masks weren't prepared. They had to take turns with the masks to protect from their own tear gas. Feel 